This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now Watford are on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Dini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. You're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Carl. And I'm Peter. And joining us for the opposition view this time round, Chris from That Millwall podcast. How are you doing? All good? Good evening, gents. Yeah, um, feeling a bit better than probably if we'd have done this a week ago. So yeah, uh, I'm feeling good. Thank you, gents. Well, yes. <laughs> a bit of managerial change. This has been the season whereby we've spoken to everybody. They've all been changing their managers. We haven't. But now we're waiting with bated breath. We're not sure. We're not sure. But who knows? Who knows who will be in charge at the den? It could be Carlos. We're not sure. Could. The return, obviously, of, of Neil Harris, an absolute hero as a player. I think a fine stint as a manager. And then he's mm. he's kind of gone off. He's done Cardiff. He's done Cambridge. But obviously, tell us a little bit about your season and then tell us why you've brought him back in and what you've seen so far from uh, from the team in terms of response to Mr. Neil Harris. Yeah, so the season, I think it's fair to say, hasn't panned out as uh, any Mill fan would have liked. And I think I'd go as far back as the the last game of last season where we, you know, half time we were in a playoff position. We capitulated in the second half at home to Blackburn. And then the knock-on impact of that was, well, who knows behind the scenes, but the summer we we lost our, our chairman, Mr. John Berylson, yeah. which really did rock the club. And I think the combination of those two things had a, had a massive impact on us, on our recruitment, on the feeling around the place. The players didn't look fit at the start of the season. And it got to the stage where things had gone a little bit stale for Gary Rowett. He probably should have gone in the summer. But again, because of said matters that happened, I, I think um, he stayed on. And mutual consent was the the line that was given. Very difficult to know what is the truth. But he, he was given his marching orders sort of, I think it was around sort of 15 games into the season. And in came... Joe Edwards, it's really interesting because the final two candidates were Joe Edwards and, and Nathan Jones, who's now at, at Cholton. We opted for for Joe Edwards and <laughs> it you. 
it was clear we were trying to go in a different way, you know, for, for all things that Gary did well in stabilising us in the championship, his football was bloody boring, yeah. very pragmatic, didn't play with any wingers, no excitement. And we, we went down this route of a supposedly, you know, really strong up and coming coach with good pedigree that would essentially enable us to play a slightly different way. Things started off really well. 4-0 win away from home against Sheffield Wednesday. But quite quickly after that, the wheels came off. He averaged less than a point a game in his tenure. And we found ourselves one point, sorry, one place out of the relegation zone when he was dismissed literally this time last week by the time this show goes out. So Joe Edwards, a lot of people think he was the right manager at the wrong time to make such a transition of playing styles, but with the same players. Yeah. Just was never going to work. I think the club have learned their lesson. So who do they turn to? Well, they turn to the man that they feel, and, and, and I, I agree, is the one man that can motivate this group and get them playing any way, any style of football to keep us in this division. And what we saw on Saturday against Southampton, I don't think anyone expected us to go there and win. We did. It wasn't pretty, but it was a Millwall performance. It was... 20% possession. It was actually the, the lowest possession game where a team was won all season in the championship, but we'll take it. And now we, the whole feeling around the place is completely turned on its head in a space of a week. And, and that is the Neil Harris factor. I think, I think we do have to just say there, first of all, for, for not going down the Nathan Jones route and then for upsetting Russell Martin, everybody. The Millwall applause of the week goes to Millwall. Very, very good. We like that a lot. Don't like Russell Martin very much. He's a tit. No, I don't think anyone does, do they? And, and of course, after the game, he refused he to shake hands with, with your keeper, I think it was. There you go. Yep. Just goes to show you can take the arsehole out of Swansea, but you know what can you do? Look, he's he's a fabulous player, or he was sorry, a fabulous player for you guys, Harris. But obviously, he had he had his his illness situation. He's had an awful lot to conquer. He's gone away, and obviously, a big fan of Millwall. Danny Baker turned around and went, "Hold on, why are we going for the bloke who's in seventeenth in League One? He's going to kind of take us in there." That's against the grain. The Millwall fans, have, you, you think there's going to be a real kind of consolidated push at the Den this weekend? Yeah, I think when the announcement was made that Harris was coming back, it was a real split fan base. It really, really was. And I think everyone was surprised. I don't think anyone saw this coming. And and the the line there around, you know, to pluck in the a manager from the bottom of League One into the championship, I yeah. think in any other walk of life or any other team, and if it was any other manager, I would completely sympathize with that view. But I think knowing the man who it is, what he means to this football club, and more importantly, what this football club means to him. Yeah. He is the one man that I would trust to do everything in their power to keep us up. And quite clearly on Saturday, you saw a team completely galvanized. You know, the I shared a stat in one of my shows this past week, but we had a 55% increase in defensive actions versus the Sheffield Wednesday game. That alone tells me the effort levels that the players were putting in for this man mm. were greater than anything we'd done before. And that's what we need at this time. We, we don't have the players or the resources at our disposal to play our way out of this situation. We're going to have to fight our way out of this situation. And that's exactly what that man will give us. And he switched to a four-four-two, I believe, because you were playing three at the back previously under, you know, under, under, I think under Rowett and under Edwards. But he switched to four at the back and gone wrong phrase. But has he gone back to basics in that regard? 
I think he has. He he talked in his post-match after the Southampton game in terms of what he was trying to do. And, you know, Southampton, Southampton had over 700 passes against us on Saturday. But, you know, the, we know the way they play a Russell Martin team plays. Mm-hmm. They like to obviously build up from the back, get the ball wide and try and get as many crosses into the box. And what he did deliberately was he actually played a right back at left back because he's one of our better one-on-one defenders. So he took it back to basics and said, right, I'm going to put my best one-on-one defenders against their wingers to stop crosses coming in. I'm then going to play two defensive wingers in front of them so that they're they're kind of almost supporting them. And then we are literally just going to use Zian Fleming and Marco Obafemi as our route out. And that's what we did. And the the two goals we scored, one was a set piece and one was a penalty. I think it'd be fair to say that nine times out of 10, we don't win that game, but we did. And it has buoyed the whole club. And so, I mean, that would that be what, McNamara? You played at left back? Yeah, Danny McNamara, who's who's been out of favour for a lot of the season, actually. So to them come into the side, but play at left back, I think was a really bold decision and, and it paid off. For anybody who doesn't remember, Danny McNamara was the guy who got Hassan Kamara sent off. That's not true. Hassan Kamara got Hassan Kamara <laughs> sent off. <laughs> and Danny McNamara did exactly what a piece of shit he should do and he did it properly. There's no there's no disregard for him there. I think he's a very good little player. I remember when he was up he was up in Scotland, wasn't he, first of all? He, he was. Yeah. No, no, he's a fine player. You've you've had a couple of players in which you, you mentioned there Obafemi in on loan from from Burnley. And of course you've also got who scored on Saturday, Jafet Tanganga. You know, along with with Fleming, obviously, who's always going to pick up a lot of plaudits down there and or certainly had done over the last two seasons. You've got some players in there. He's not working with nothing here, is he? He's really got a, a half-decent squad. Yeah, I think Zian Fleming is, up until recently, I would say, I don't think he's been the same player that we saw last season. He's, his goal contributions last season were outstanding mm. and he kind of picked up the role that Jed Wallace left when he went to West Brom in being our talisman. But he struggled to replicate that for large parts of the season. And But he started to really get back into it. Obviously, he scored the penalty on, on Saturday and his effort levels alone were were through the roof. So he's starting to find form. Michael Obafemi and Jaffa Tanganga, I think when they signed, Millwall fans were almost rubbing their eyes or, or certainly not scratching their eyes. Sorry, I should have said. Because on paper, we, we shouldn't be signing players like that. And I would imagine there was a lot of potential suitors that would have liked to sign either of them. The reality is neither of them were fit in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And Tanganga came almost straight into the side and actually made two errors, conceded a penalty and gifted the ball. I think it was a home to Preston. He was, at, he was at fault for two clear goals in his first four starts. And then Michael Obafemi, I think, has played less than 90 minutes worth of football for us so far. So oh, blimey. They are quality additions and Tanganga was the best player on the pitch on Saturday. Scored a goal, was colossal at the back in a four, looked really at home, uh, and also cleared one off the line. So he's starting to really find his feet. But it's it's not it, they they weren't signings that came in and hit the ground running. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean uh, Tanganga's got. I mean, yes, we know obviously at Tottenham, but I mean, did I can't did he get out to Italy? I can't remember. I remember that AC Milan were at one point were were in for him. It was in that kind of documentary all about transfers on Sky, and you know, very, very highly rated. And the Italians know a thing or two about defenders, which is fair enough. One other player that I just wanted to touch on, just because you, you follow certain players and think, okay, that's interesting, was George Honeyman. How's he been getting on? 
I think he he looked he looked he looked pretty good at Sunderland. He went to Hull, was okay, but he was kind of a bit up and down. Has he found any consistency at the Den? I would say this season he he's been one of our better players. Yeah, I think last season he had a few injuries and he's, it was a bit stop start for him. And and Gary Rowett played him last season as a defensive right winger, which I'm not so sure. He then falls victim to the whole Gary Gary Rowett style of football, which is just boring and it's just going backwards. And I don't think we really saw the best of George Honeyman. This season, Edwards, one of the good things that Edwards did was he deployed him in the centre of the park in a two. Uh, and I felt he, he's played his best football for us there. So he, he's he's definitely found a bit of consistency. However, having said that, he, uh, Harris picked him to play the defensive right winger again against Southampton. So he was deployed there again. Yeah. So where Harris sees him, I don't know. And I guess that is as a result of having three different managers in a season, which is, you know, not, not common at Millwall. But I really value what he brings to the team. There's one thing that he will absolutely give you every game and that is 100% effort and he is a Millwall type player and I, I I do really like what he brings to the side very good sorry actually the last question here in terms of looking at the team Bradshaw was on the bench came on obviously we're wary of Bradshaw for penalties <laughs> or for penalties what we're talking about for hat tricks lie there we don't like that one, yeah, one how okay. is he getting on and is he the option from the bench because with 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 Fleming I mean he's not small but Obafemi started, I think, on Saturday. If you're playing directly, how are you playing it on the floor directly and a bit more kind of functional, or is it going wide? Tell us a little bit about that four four two. Yeah, so it's 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 more of a four four one one. So Fleming plays just off the striker, and we've you you know this is a sample of one game because we've yeah, only yeah. had Harris obviously for one game, and he opted for Obafemi, and we had twenty percent possession, so there wasn't a lot of football being played. Just right. to be really honest, yeah, yeah, so yeah, no, no. I think. And that's that's one of the things that, you know, I when I reflected on the game against Hampton, I think a big test for Harris is going to be against you guys because there will be a, a different expectation, right? We will we will demand more of the ball. We, you know, we're never going to be a 60-70% possession-based side, but it won't be 20% for sure. So how does he adapt his very direct style of football without a Steve Morrison type up front because yeah. we don't have that style of player. So how does he utilize, to your point, Obafemi and Bradshaw? My understanding is Obafemi's got a slight knock. So whether he starts or not, or he opts for Bradshaw and then Obafemi on the bench, but they're the only two options we've got for that role. It's funny you say you're wary of Bradshaw because I think you must be the only team that, that are. We know, honest. we know. <laughs> we, he, he caused us nightmares in the home and away. Was it last yep. season? It was, wasn't it? It was last season. It was last season. I was home by like eight o'clock. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was back on the train and home by eight on the away (laughs) game because I just, uh, we've got, we've got a player that will will probably start Matty Pollock, who is a young kid. Yeah, centre half, exactly. Yeah. And he, he had an absolute mare at the den. So I'd be interested to see how he gets on 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 Saturday because I think he's got a bit to prove down there. Hi, this is Damon Lafro and you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, I think I think discussions about Matty Pollock could be a good segue to where this particular discussion turns a little bit strange for Chris, yeah. who's here, who hasn't <laughs> seen this before. So, sorry, for, Chris. So, forgive us, listeners, for for explaining this. What, what we're about to do is uh, take part in what is known as it's the DNSYE completely rubbish prediction league. No, God, please, no, no. Now, you know how you go on a podcast and everybody goes, so what score do you think it's going to be? And everybody goes, oh, one, two, one, whatever. And nobody does anything with that. Last season, we had the idea that we were going to keep score of this. And I was going to make Justin and Carlos take part in this and they were going to play against the EFL. We played it. It was an exciting nip and tuck season. Justin was right in front, right until the last when he finally bottled it and the EFL came steaming through on the line and won it on game 46. Very nice. It was a nice time. It was a simple time. Pleasing even. Some are like, now we've overly complicated it completely because now we have seven forms of predictions and all sorts of levels of complication. Don't worry, none of this will make sense now or in about 20 minutes. The current <laughs> league table stands oh, as thus. look at this. Carlos is sitting, this. is sitting atop the, the, the league table, having garnered now 30 points. He got two points uh, for, for the last game, having predicted the right score difference, if not the right score result. 1-1. One, one. I, I- which is Can we say how it is. I betted against Watford. You did. You did. Yeah. You you shorted yeah. against Watford, which is which is immoral, but a very very clever tactic, I think, <laughs> yes. in this season, definitely. One one, which is its own prediction. Nobody else is allowed to bet one one apart from one one. He's sitting in twenty on twenty six points, four points behind Carl, and one point in front of third place. JP Backgammon FC. The EFL, for whom Chris will be playing this evening, is on twenty three points in mid table. Jarvis Cocker Spaniel, yes. Cocker Spaniel, is sitting basically just below mid-table. Justin and Artificial Stupidity are sitting at the bottom of the table in 19th. Oh, dear. Now, fucking stupid game, this, I tell we, you. We had, I, well, yes, I had a great idea. No, that's a, basically lots of people got in touch with us and said, Carl and Justin are so bad at making these predictions that I think I can actually beat them utilising inanimate objects. And we went, oh, that's good. And then what we thought is what we what we can do better is on an audio podcast and start adding video in. And the videos have become increasingly complex. And this time, very nice, Mr. John Parslow, Backgammon FC, takes us through a couple of films in a real kind of gangster styley, if you can have gangster styley in Rickmansworth. Predictions League, and it's Millwall versus Watford, and a trip to the Lion's Den. It's dark and dangerous times for the Hornets. So fittingly, we're on the set of the sequel to Green Street, the 2005 film that immortalised Millwall's rivalry with West Ham. Yes, and welcome to Green Bin Street, where we're about to revisit a different kind of rivalry, a Millwall-Watford rivalry. This is the completely wrong music for this. I think we all know. Last time out at the Den, it was a big defeat for Watford as Millwall mugged Matty Pollock off. So much that no Watford fan ever thought we'd see him play for us again. But since then, he's been on a diet of raw meat. He's ready for Matty Pollock's reaction. The revenge. Yes, it's Green Bin Street 2. Matty Pollock's revenge. So on the pitch, it's Millwall to go first. 
How's the difference Good between the two them. dice is the score? And it's Millwall. Four minus one is three. Watford to go next. Come on, big Matty Pollock. And it's six minus one, and that's five. So we have a result. It's Millwall three, Watford five. Matty's Pollock's revenge is complete. Get in, boys. I must say, I do feel for his neighbours. Yeah, that, that video gave me a headache, John. I've got to be honest. So Green Bids Street or something, he's using a Three Rivers District Council recycling bin yes, yes. Uh, as some sort of podium. What I particularly like is... Exactly. is <laughs> For, for those people who avoid Twitter and don't watch this rubbish, which is probably one of life's better choices, he, he's trying to say that he's going down a sinister alley. And basically, he's got, like, climbing plants going up a very, very nice fence. Belongs to him. Yeah. If you know where John lives, it's, there's no way that's a yeah. scary alley. No, no, no. Uh, I, it, just, it, it, <laughs> I would say. It was like John Taxi Driver if Taxi Driver was filmed on the set of The Good Life, wasn't and, it, really? And, 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 <laughs> and, and a gangster's paradise as well. I'm not sure that was the... Uh, choice. Yeah. 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 Okay. That, anyway. John, go on. There's only another 12 games, mate, and you can put this to bed. <laughs> you haven't got anymore. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, really, he's really going for it now, isn't he? He has been gunning <laughs> yeah. for it for quite some time, which is very good news. However, Matt Pollock made an appearance. Now, four games into the season, Ben reached out to us and said, this is so bad, I think my dog can play a part. Bearing in mind, the man with the recycling bin is currently in third place on this league table. Chris, you're going to get to understand the level of depths to which you are currently <laughs> plumbing. But let's go and see what Jarvis Cocker Spaniel thought. Yes, we have a dog predicting football matches. <laughs> so we're back at the den. Last season wasn't great. And this man really did suffer there. But I've got a feeling in my waters that Matty Pollard is going to score the winner. But as you know, it's not about my predictions. It's about Jarvie boys. A new prediction? A new vest, I see. Yes. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see what this one says on the back. He wears a variety of garments. Right. What's that? I'm hoping he'll go for that. We have scored six at the den before. Let's see if you go for it again. Yeah. First of all, it's Millwall. It's Millwall. Oh, he's picked that one. What was it on the floor? Millwall two. Yet again, no clean sheet. Millwall got two. Okay, let's see what Watford are going to get, mate. Come on. Come on. What are you going to get? Come on. It was a three. It was a three. I saw it. Under the paw. Millwall two. What for three? Get in. Millwall two, Watford three. Oh, greedy son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so mixed mix about mixed opinions there. Lots of goals in both predictions, which see can only, can only get better from here, Chris, just to let you know. Yes, can only yeah, get better. Yeah. One one has gone for one one. And very, very pleasingly, I think you know what I'm gonna say here. Artificial stupidity has selected Millwall two, Watford two. It's a Desmond, everybody. It's a Desmond. Oh, always pleasing. I get very excited over Desmonds for no reason. So after this, so all you have to do now is predict the score, Millwall versus Watford and the Den on Saturday. You cannot, however, select 1-1, nor 5-3 to Watford. Not that that was a great likelihood, obviously. Or 3-2 to Watford, or indeed Archbishop Desmond 2-2. Chris, sir, what do you think the score's going to be come Saturday? Well, I, I had the 5-3 the all over, so I'm going to have to read it. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. sorry about that. Yeah, it happens yeah. a lot, Chris. Yeah. Chris, Chris throws his um, Cocker Spaniel costume to the floor in disgust. Carry on. <laughs> I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory for for Millwall. My thoughts behind that is that I can't see us not conceding because I think there's still work to be done on our defensive setup. But I do think the Neil Harris factor at the Den will play a part 
and we'll just about see us over the line. I probably would have gone for the Desmond had it not been taken, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll be optimistic and say two one Millwall. There you go. There's a born diplomat if ever we've heard one. Speaking, speaking of optimism, isn't it Justin's go now? It, it is Justin, head of optimism yeah. for do not scratch your eyes always. So Justin, how do you think our one our one fit forward? Mileta Rajevic is going to cope with Jake Cooper and Javet Tenga. <laughs> Before I get onto my prediction, Carlos, you are you're going, aren't you? And you're what's this boat that you're going on to get there? I'm intrigued. It's a boat. Oh, okay, that was very quick. <laughs> so what, you mean you haven't inquired um, as to the history of said boat? No, I don't know the history of said boat. It, it's um, something that's been booked. They've done it. I think they've done it once before, and it, it goes from. Oh shit! Now you're pressuring me. Yeah, it goes from somewhere to, to near Millwall, basically. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, and mystery of, tour. Yeah, and there's lots of there's lots of drinking on involved, and we're going to go up the Thames singing, basically. Mm. Yeah, so I'll be, I'll be pissed by the time I get there. So I actually don't care what the results. Gonna be. You know, when you wish you probably asked something. So because mm. that wasn't the sort of I thought it's going to be. Yeah, we're all going. It's five hundred of it's going to be great. I don't even know where we're going from. So yeah, okay, <laughs> enjoy, enjoy everybody. It's well on the mystery boat with Carlos. It's going to be one nil to Millwall, Peter. Thank you very much. Oh, they wow, that that was a there was a certain level of certainty there. I quite like that. That was that was quite impressive, Justin. Well done. No fannying oh, yeah, about. He's... Speaking of fannying about, let's go to Carlos, who doesn't know quite where he's going to catch a boat to where or how on Saturday. I mean, I could look it up, but. Chris, Chris has gone for enough, quite honestly. Uh, to, to be honest, he has. Wait for that. <laughs> um, my local business yet, so, you know. I, I, I tend to agree with, with our guest about the Neil Harris effect, also the fact that the den is going to be rocking, and anybody that's seen our team over the last few weeks knows they're just going to crumble under pressure. I, I would have gone 1-0 one, one to Millwall to be kind, but I'm actually going to go a little bit further than that. I'm going to say what Millwall 3, Watford 0. Christ. Oh. He's, he's, Christ. Well, let's be honest. He's not bad against Huddersfield. Oh, oh no, no, oh, considerably don't worse. Even, don't, even, <laughs> don't even get me started. We were shocking. Huddersfield should have battered us, quite honestly. Yeah, we were we were dreadful, dreadful. Because I, I looked at the stats following the like you know possession shots xg, and it it didn't it didn't look that bad on on the sort of stats I test, but I, I hadn't I hadn't seen the game or the highlights, so I'll have to I watch think, it back. I think what you need to appreciate is that when you when you've signed a big big lad up front to to get goals, and he has got a few goals this season, he tends to only. Yeah, he he tends to only score when you cross the ball, and if you don't cross the ball, he, he doesn't tend to score. And at the moment, we don't cross the ball, so he's the only real fit striker we've got. I just really can't. I, I'm actually dreading. I, I openly admit this. I'm dreading going to this game because I I think it could be another early exit for me. Quite honestly, <laughs> you'll be owned by four. I'll be owned by four. See you later. <laughs> well, well, whatever happens, points will be allocated because we have predictions for Millwall, we have draws, and of course we have predictions for Watford. Chris for the EFL has gone 2-1 to Millwall. Justin has gone 1-0 to Millwall and Carl has gone 3-0 to Millwall. That's the human level of interaction. <laughs> Basically, then when we turn to dogs and board games, then things become a bit more optimistic. Once we take out any form of sentience, or indeed sense in the case of the dog, we're okay. 5-3 to Watford, 3-2 to Watford. And of course, we have a Desmond and a one all. So that's looking very good. Points will be allocated. But of course, now we do come to... It's Justin's... Somewhat disappointing local attraction segment. So come on then, this, Justin. This section, this what section should we is be not going to work, for? is it? 
Yes, of course it well, is. There must be no, something to look for. It ain't going to work. No, no, no. Because the trouble is a lot of local attractions at Millwall are things like London Bridge, Tower Bridge, St Paul's Cathedral, all the sort of places you, you would expect. So I'm going for Mir & Co. Chartered Accountants, Audit Tax and Bookkeeping. <laughs> um, oh, for fuck's sake. Now, they are a Suite 1, Cochrane House, Admiral's Way, London, E14, 9UD. Some pretty good reviews. Excellent service for registered office. Come on, carry on. Carry on. What's happened? What? Keep going. Uh, You interrupted it. I'm not used to being interrupted. So, uh, excellent service for registered office, taxation, and international business. Haroon and all the staff at Mir and Co have been extremely helpful. It was even quicker than expected. It was very smooth. Is one of the reviews. So there you go. If you do have any problems with your your taxation or anything like that, head down to Mir and Co before the match, and I'm sure. It'll be closed, but uh, yeah, that that's it. Mir and Co. Uh, honestly, I'm looking at local attractions, and it's these all things that you've probably all done a million times. So, you can, know, can I just say? Can I just say, Justin? This is mm. this is one in the eye for people who said that the whole test centre for MOTs was the low point. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, no. We no, can no. prove no, these no. people wrong. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know all about it. So there you go. There's my recommendation to somewhere to go before the game. Go and sort your life out with your with your money, and you'll be you'll be good. Mir and Co. Will look after you. There you go. Right, that probably brings us to... I did tell you this was going to be different, didn't I, Chris? That probably brings us to the end of <laughs> our... Kid didn't it was going to be weird. <laughs> I, I, think one thing, I think one thing we should do is because we have a couple of, you know, analytical podcasts. So if you want to, you know, kind of hear an analytical view of things, such as the Buzz podcast, so do give give that a listen because they'll, they'll, they'll do some analytics. From the Rooker end of doing some kind of reviewing stuff as well intermittently. But if you wanted an opposition view of something analytical, something something a little less rabid or indeed stupid than this thing, obviously. Chris, your your show on that mid Millwall pod is it, what what kind of uh, days and times might you be reviewing the game in case any Watford fans wanted to listen into the opposition view? Oh, thanks, thanks, Pete. I think you've picked it up too much. It, it does get a bit stupid sometimes, but well done. <laughs> It's yeah, so it'll be out Sunday, probably around sort of four o'clock is when we aim to get it out. And it's I try to keep it fairly balanced and pragmatic. I sort of go through the the game, bit of bit of sort of play by play, and then I, I go through some of the stats and things as well that are um, sort of prevalent to the outcome. So yeah, would uh, would welcome any Watford's fans' views on that um, after it goes out. I appreciate that, and um, it's just called post match chat with chaps because I wanted something that was a complete mouthful to, to get out. <laughs> Absolutely. Why, why not? Could you imagine if we did did an analytical review of something? It'd be so... So what do you think he did there? <laughs> oh, okay, right. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how it would go. <laughs> exactly that, exactly that. Well, there we go. There we go. Thank you very much for joining us. Chris, it's been wonderful speaking to you. I'd say best of luck for this season. It's almost over, isn't it? Are, are, you, at the game? are you at the game, Chris? Yes, mate. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I couldn't go to the Southampton game. So, yeah, looking forward to to getting back down the den and to, you know, I I would imagine it will be a fairly full house because Sheffield Wednesday wasn't, contrary to what the numbers reported. I think the fans will turn up in their their numbers and I think it it will be some spectacle for Super Neil Harris to return. Do do look out for a Watford pirate ship approaching. (laughs) Yeah, and don't forget for all your... Means Mir and Co. Chartered accountants. Oh, shut up about the tax accountants. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, Let's say goodbye to Chris. Thank you very much for coming on. Do not scratch your eyes. We will. Yeah, I reckon we'll be talking to you next season for sure. So, uh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Chris. Chris. Thank you, sir. Lovely stuff.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.